I'll come pet you if you don't if you don't meow at me, but you're gonna meow at me. Hello and welcome to Keyframes, a podcast about anime. I'm your host, Ben Halliburton, and with me today is Andy. Hiya! Duncan. Hey there. Jeff. Yellow. And John. Hello. By this point, we are already roughly half-ish way through the winter anime season, and we've got some stuff to revisit. Um, because Jeff is, as he calls it, on the uh, the dead dove beat. Uh <laughs> We talked him into watching Girly Air Force, the anime that I was kind of surprisingly not negative on last episode. Uh, what are your thoughts, Jeff? Or do you want me to lead with my thoughts? Because I have more thoughts. Uh, how about you lead with your thoughts? Uh, okay, well, I made a I made a, a list of things I like about Girly Air Force because <laughs> I was tired of being like, it could be bad and it's not that bad. It's just like often not great. Hmm. And you can respond to these as uh, as I go through them. Oh, First I off, I like that its set- setting is like weirdly dark and violent. Um, it's a very weird setting for a harem anime to be like humanity is getting exterminated by weird CG alien spaceships. Uh, and, <laughs> and like the show opens, as you pointed out when you were watching it, with just like a bunch of refugees getting slaughtered by the by the G, the the alien forces. Yeah, and so like. It's not great, but I like that background. It's better than like they were childhood friends or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> Though there is those childhood friends. Yes, there is. But she's Chinese and she's like more of a person than I expected her to be since she is not in the running uh, because she is not actually the living embodiment of a modern fighter aircraft. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So who wants that shit? Who wants to date that kind of girl? No, absolutely not. Um, she sure wants to date him. That's for damn sure. <laughs> I mean... I, I don't even know because in anime, like, close friendship and sexual attraction are often kind of closely inflated, conflated when it's the two sexes. But yes, it's certainly possible. Uh, but I also just like that some of the characters are, if not absolute inversions of uh, certain tropes, that they are certainly, like, minor subversions, like the head of the fighter program, whose name is... Uh, I can't remember. It's, it's one of those weird, long Japanese names. Mm. Oh, the, like, the, the doctor guy? Yes. Like the yes, he's like Yasuguma Buro or something. Yeah. Um, but uh, I like how he is like lazy and smokes a ton and always is unshaven. And there's a nice thing later on where like to make one of the characters, one of the girls, one of the plain girls like cooperate with him and the protagonist. Um he gave like a big lecture about how about how like you shouldn't cheat and this is gonna be a fair fight and like if you beat her in the fight that's that and then the protagonist comes he's like hey I want help cheating on this thing and he's like yeah I thought so uh, and and he like immediately gets down to helping and it's like I don't know I like that he's kind of like lazy and a sack of shit and not very nice and chain smokes which is still weirdly prevalent in Japanese media to a degree that I'm used not used to seeing in American media post like 1970. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the, uh, I don't know. There's characters you haven't seen yet, so I feel awkward. Like when Phantom, the green-haired girl you see in the in the uh, uh, OP comes out, like she's like 
kind of like mean and catty and all the characters all the girls actually hate each other which is nice for a harem because usually they're kind of like friends but they get jealous when like the protagonists get their attentions but like griffin eagle and phantom all hate each other's guts and mm-hmm. are not nice to each other which is kind of interesting the fact that you're using the phrase nice for a harem makes me <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. ultimately ultimately this is a bad show and i do not recommend watching it but i do think it's interesting in a lot of ways where it's just like just above average in these very small respects um that are outside of outside of that i think that the the childhood friend is nice it's not that she's it's nice that she's not in the running but she has her own like inner life i like that the protagonist like has interests beyond just being nice to and friends with everyone he meets mm-hmm. like he's really into flying and he like notionally wants to protect japan against the the g although they forget that fairly often <laughs> and yeah i don't know i i like what are your thoughts jeff since so, you've heard what i think is good about this anime so like I, I definitely was picking up on a lot of those things that you had mentioned i got a sense that i'm not somebody in the, in the process either the author of the original light novel or the director like isn't really sure what they think is the cool thing about the show yeah because <laughs> they are they're really interested in showing you these like you know these modern aircraft, but the way they use them in the show is completely sci-fi because that's comical. The whole point. Yeah, it's they they like fly at right angles and stuff because they're being controlled by these perfect AI girls. Yeah, and it's very weird that they're that they have lots of like chrome about like oh this is the re- this is like the second generation recon variant of the F four Phantom, and then they give like a bunch of product numbers and uh, like internal hardware, and mm-hmm. then it flies around like like a little kid like waving a plane around where it just changes directions instantly and they fly at right angles. It's very weird how like it's pandering to like military otaku, but also at the same time doesn't give a shit how like air combat actually works as opposed to like Kotobuki, which is yeah. almost obsessively interested in like how does it look for two planes to be dogfighting? Mm-hmm. But anyway, and, I interrupted you. And yeah, and the uh Yeah, like you know, the dog fights usually come down to like you know, World War Two dogfight fighting where like you know, you gotta line someone up your sights and hit him with a Vulcan cannon and then like I don't know if like in modern history anything has actually been hit by a Vulcan cannon of a modern fighter plane. Like they're just kind of like there because somebody along the line thinks that a fighter pl- jet should have a machine gun on it. That's actually interesting because the original F four Phantom did not have a uh a close range cannon because it was believed that modern modern military uh engagements in the air would only be air to air and air to surface missiles uh but several uh models later they did install a cannon in the nose because there are sometimes situations where you end up behind a russian fighter and too close to fire a missile and the Mm. fact that pilots are having to break and thereby break target lock in order to get far enough away to fire a missile that would blow it up so yeah there are rare occasions but it's definitely like a a very situational object and i think that the show is much more enamored with the the cool line of tracers streaming around until it finally connects with the plane which blows up instantly yeah as opposed to again kotobuki with its really great like one or two bolts hits and they like kind of the plane just starts fly- flying a little funny and then goes down or sometimes writes itself and can keep flying with even with a fuel leak so mm-hmm. yeah and it's very interesting to have these two shows and one of them is incredibly concerned with like how does it look to be a plane in a combat zone and the other is just like <laughs> yeah 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 it's got like like the trance music pump in while they're flying around and like all the jets are like music. 
are like like bright glowing neon pink and yellow like it's definitely like it's a it's a show that is like very interested in having like you know fun exciting dynamic fights without a lot of interest in like how a plane really works but then every now and then they'll be like oh uh like hit this one aileron so that we'll like use it like an air brake but because it's in the fly-by-wire system i don't have to like ease off the the acceleration and all this other stuff and it's like wow it worked and now we're gonna fly at right (laughs) angles and hit like Mach 20 and all this other shit that doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. They, it, it, you get the sense that the light novel author like looked up yeah. some weird airplane fact and then just like put all of his research into that line of the light novel. And he's like, and then back to like magic right angle spaceship aircraft. So yeah. yeah. And then when they're on the ground, the uh, Grippin, the, the main plane girl that I've seen in the show so far, like she, she exhibits like a lot of like, you know, moe tropes and whatever and like they sort of like go through the motions of like you know oh this is like you know this comically badly socialized girl and like the simple act of going out and like eating food off of an airbase is like novel to her and you know we're and, i like, like that and, bit though when, when he's like what are your what's your favorite food she's like oh meal b yeah and he's like oh uh there's other food besides meals a b and c on, on the air force base and she's like i don't understand so <laughs> And and of course that you know they have to make a joke about like oh I have to drink yogurt because you know she's short but also she's you know flat chested because it's anime and he's like oh people have been telling me to drink yogurt so that I can grow taller or bigger and like you know and then they sort of like the you know the camera goes like wow 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 at her chest and he's like oh <laughs> and it's just like you know it's like just dumb jokes like that like there there was like one moment in the show that kind of got me interested in maybe what they're thinking about doing with the characters it's like you know they of course you know the whole drama is you know he is the special potato coon boy because for mysterious reasons Grippin can only fly properly when he's around her and he gets driven away and there's like a big misunderstanding because you know oh she's actually made out of the alien shit stuff or whatever and he hates her for nine seconds yeah <laughs> and I don't think he hates her I think he's just like oh I don't know how to feel about that and she's like you can never talk to me yeah and then yeah then there's the whole then you know he finds her because she's just about to get decommissioned you know whatever that means for like a nominally living person to be decommissioned because she's bad at fighting aliens but she falls asleep after an hour in flight is the problem which is which is more than just being bad although they do emphasize that she like doesn't have the good combat skills later on in the show but it's just like oh she passes out after an hour which means her plane crashes always after an hour yeah and she's just kind of like you know in her like secret hidey hole and she's kind of resigning herself to her fate and then potato coon whatever his name k k comes up and he's like you have to go back and you have to fight and you're like i'll be with you and like there's this one shot where she's just kind of like she's got her head buried in her hands and you know you can't he can't see her face but we get to see her like give this little smile and it's like they don't really explain you know does she think and she says like oh that's crazy and like is it because like and there's just like a little tiny bit of hidden psychology there and it's like maybe i'm just like you know i'm a dog grasping for a bone and like (laughs) oh there's something here that's not like either a trope or dumb or completely spelled out and like maybe there's actually something to be they're, they're trying to do with this but uh, i don't know if it's enough to get me to watch more but yeah uh, i mean I'll, I'll let you know i the thing that i like the most is just that uh when phantom shows up and she was the first the first daughter they're called daughters unfortunately 
the, I thought the planes the, were called daughters and like the girls were called anima or whatever the fuck. Well, technically speaking, but they're all one entity. Like they yeah. are a they are a daughter and the like the like slovenly otaku scientist does like refer to them as his daughters and yeah. weirdly the like super genki blonde haired big breasted american one that's the f15 eagle uh she calls him daddy which is really creepy <laughs> um, um and she's like i only love daddy i will never love anyone else but then of course she learns to love potato coon but that just makes her hate gripping more which is kind of again i'm like i'm glad that like the show does not feel any need to have these girls who f- are part of the same military unit to be friends but when Phantom shows up, she was the first one made, the first daughter made, first anima for a daughter made. And, like, they basically kind of had to feel out her training. And what they've trained her to be is, like, just someone who has, like, extreme, like, avoidant attachment tendencies where she, like, doesn't trust anyone. And, like, there's a thing where she just won't fly with them. She's like, I don't think these people are good enough pilots to protect me. And I'm not going to die. Like, if Japan falls, that's only 120 million people. <laughs> so... It's like, that's fine. Like, I, I'll be needed elsewhere and I can't I can't lose. And so, like, the fact that, like, that the roadblocks are actually putting up in front of the characters feel a bit more substantial than the one that they tease with, like, oh, I'm made out of alien parts. You can never talk to me. Like, no, I'm disgusting. I'm made from the same beings that killed your parents at an air show. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't laugh at that, but it is just, like... They've had the flashback of him, like, seeing his mother die from her Cessna being blown up by the G in an air show, like, five times in seven episodes. They just want you to remember. Yeah. (laughs) But I don't know. I like that there's friction there. We're already on – I think I said when that first happened that, like, if she just never, never squares up with the main character or the other girls and is always just kind of, like, standoffish and unpleasant and kind of an antagonist, I would love that. I don't think that's going to happen. I think she's going to – Gonna learn to love Kay because he's patient and fearless and self-sacrificing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, have you ever seen, uh, or seen or read uh, Knights of Sidonia? No, because they kind of do the thing where like Potato Coon, best boy, falls in love with like a a sentient robot, but like they don't really do the thing where it's like oh it's she's conveniently packaged in this like perfect little girl like the like the ai personality only ever manifests in the real world as this like weird tendril that kind of like reaches out of the hangar and like into his room and stuff and it has this like (laughs) this so like she like looks completely inhuman but they still form this like you know inseparable bond and blah 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 and it kind of like it draws on those same things but like it's just like a little bit a little bit weirder Mm. Well, I mean, like, it has to be little girls, yeah. unfortunately, just like the way that the marketplace is. <laughs> it has to be little and girls. I, and I, I, I do like, I, for the much, as much as I'm kind of like, not really into the archetype that, that Greepin is, is tapping into, I do think that like some of her delivery is funny. And I do think that the voice actress, which doesn't ha- who doesn't have much experience, is like doing a fine job but yeah i'm i'm really just marking time with this show and i would be happy to see the things it's trying done better elsewhere yeah yeah like i, I like i can't really like call out anything in the show as being like completely incompetent like the character designs are fine the deliveries are fine the action scenes are fine like even though they're like kind of undermining nominally their aesthetic with all the modern airplane stuff but like it's not it's not it's definitely not an offensive show and like that almost makes it offensive. Like I want things to either be real good or real bad. 
I know it, it's nice. I expected there to be one good plain anime and one bad plain anime this this season, and instead there's like two ones that are interesting. One's more interesting than the other, but both of them are just kind of like, huh? They make you go, huh? Yeah, yeah. If you, nice. if you could, took the strengths of both, you could make one good show. <laughs> I I'm I'm kind of a, a Kotobuki booster. I think the last episode, <laughs> the one that wasn't that didn't air this weekend, but last, which is all flashbacks to like Kylie's past and also her the history of like how the Japanese got to this weird alternate world and then left again, which is why they have all these World War II era. It's like a secret military project that let them travel to a distant a different dimension where they gave them all their airplane designs and recipes for liquor and then left uh so that's like what we get the background but there's like nice character building there but it's still largely a show where 15 to 20 minutes of it are just people flying around in airplanes Mm -hmm. um so i don't know it's been a weird season in terms of what i'm watching which fortunately is how i got the time to start an old anime that i think duncan and i had talked about briefly although i'm the only one who acted on it where i uh, watched the infamous those who hunt elves from the mid nineties. Uh, and I kind of like the show. <laughs> I don't know how much of it's nostalgia and me, like just wanting like old school anime that is not about ticking boxes um, as we've discussed before. Um, but it's a, it's a show where three people, a uh, meatheaded karate guy, one of Hollywood's most talented actresses and a schoolgirl who loves tanks and guns are transported into a fantasy world uh, by accident uh, with a Type 74 Japanese tank. Uh, and they get the help of an elven priestess to send them back to their world. But uh, because of an accident, the spell's components are split up and are distributed to five different random elves' bodies in the entire world. And so they are going from village to village to strip every single elf and see if they have a component of the spell on their body. And the elven priestess comes along by some accident. She's transformed into a dog, uh, kind of Menchi from XL Saga looking dog, like not a dog dog, just like a weird, like small creature that's cream colored and has a tail. Uh, but um, it's weirdly not horny, which is the thing that I think is the most impressive about it, despite it entirely being a show about a man and two women violently stripping every single woman of an entire species <laughs> like it's mostly just played for jokes it's very slapstick very goofy very like nothing in this fantasy world makes sense there's gasoline fruit that you can squeeze to make gas although their their tank gets possessed by a cat spirit later so they don't need gas because the cat spirit just fuels it permanently um i don't know it's it's hard to to talk about like what's good or bad there's just like dumb it's all just it's dumb fantasy jokes plus dumb fish out of water jokes and it's made at an absolute shoestring budget. But there's like, there's the fishmen who attack a village where they're looking in the first episode. And like one of the jokes is the fishmen can't swim. Ha ha. And <laughs> next episode, like skeletons come back and all the city guards only have crossbows. And like, we can't hit them. And the skeletons are like, ha ha, we can't. It's, it's, oh, it's so dumb. Mm. So. Didn't you um, uh, say that despite its shoestring budget, it had uh, quite a good cast? Or was, or yes. That is, it's weird because I, I think I did mention this that like it has three uh, three of the four main voices are major actors from Evangelion and this came out literally the year after like the same year that Evangelion ended. This came out. I think it came out two seasons later. 
Um, but <laughs> yeah, just like having uh, Katono Mitsuishi and what's her face who played uh, who played Asuka, uh, Yuko Miyamura, and uh, the meat-headed karate guy uh, Junpei, who's apparently nineteen. I did not. He seems like in his mid thirties. That is a <laughs> failure of, of character design. Um, but he's he's voiced by the guy who plays Toji in Evangelion, and so like these are like all big deal actors. And then the other one uh, who voices the actress Michie Tomizawa, um, she like is a lifer. Like these are like really big name voices. And I guess it's just back in the nineties, you could you could get a big name voice actor during like their their downtime from a different show How, and just I was be like, say, hey, yeah. Is it maybe one of those? Who's the producer of interest? Is it anyone famous um, or well known? No, no. It's uh, it's Studio TAC, or Group TAC. Right, right. Okay. Uh, you you'll know them as a supporting studio on a vast array of different of different works. Um, but yeah, they haven't. Before this, they the most notable thing they did was they did some of the animation on the Street Fighter animes and movies. Hmm. Uh, and way back when they did Night on the Galactic Railroad, but beyond that, they'd not done anything that was really notable. They did support work on Space Battleship Yamato and Be Forever Yamato, so hmm. and Final Yamato. So <laughs> I just I was just wondering, in, in, in touch. Uh, I was just wondering because sometimes you hear about those directors who happen to like be really close in commas. Uh, friends with a lot of like saves and then they get to be in a bunch of weird animes and just like why are you in this anime and it's like oh because you're friends with this director friends oh, no, this guy this guy uh it's directed by kazuyoshi kariyama and he uh is notable for doing big o and some oh. of the samurai shampoo direct uh storyboard but otherwise no this is just like a, a crap manga and it's got a yeah <laughs> it's there's no reason it should be as good as it is because it's not a well-regarded manga it it didn't the translations in the west pinched out i think it was one of the things where near the end of the first anime licensing bubble there was a lot of bundle licenses where like oh well if you license this um then we'll throw in this and this um but you have to pay like 20 percent extra which is how trigon actually got licensed was it was part of a a package deal and then it ended up being a lot more popular in america than it did in japan mm-hmm. And I think this is also one where it was one of the ones that was shoved off on people uh, circa 1997. And yeah, I don't know. I'm enjoying it just because it's like dumb and bad and trashy, but not like sexual trashy. Just like not, not, not smart or having anything to say besides like, lol, people with guns and a tank. Yeah. Going through a fantasy world, just blowing people up. I, th- uh, I think it's one of those shows which absolutely does fulfill the promise of its uh, OP. In that it's just like its OP is just this cheesy synth and uh, uh, big um, hand-drawn explosions and silly expressions from all the main characters, and it just like never gives you any impression it's going to be anything other than this silly uh, high-paced. He's mess about and yeah it's it's one of the have... shows where every episode is a different pre- is like a different premise uh where they like meet someone who has like this weird tattoo on her back that her sensei gave her because she tried to like beat him and he's like oh well i'm gonna give you this curse tattoo until you learn how to fight properly and it just counts up to a thousand and so she thinks 
that defeating a thousand people will like get get rid of the tattoo and of course the thousandth person she wants to fight is junpei the karate guy um and then it doesn't go away once it goes to a thousand but then like he says like no it was really fun fighting you and she's like oh that's good and then the tattoo goes away because now she's learned the true meaning of fighting i guess i don't know it's it's (laughs) it's not a defensible show but it's also just like weird and dumb and it's the sort of thing that could never be made now because there is very little to actually like get a good hook with Mm. like there's just lots of people getting slapped and lots of people like doing like nani or like dog or like falling down <laughs> like when someone makes a bad joke and everyone falls down like really suddenly that like weird japanese yeah. joke <laughs> but is, is it do you, do you find it just quite pleasant to watch is it like you you'll sit down you'll watch an episode and it'll be oh yeah that was good it's it's, it's it is literally the perfect show for you come home you don't have the bandwidth to watch anything good. So you put on an episode of those who hunt elves and there is a problem in the beginning and there's a solution in the end. And there are some average jokes in the middle <laughs> and the art's not great, but occasionally it does well. And yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how long it lasts. Cause I'm, I'm still very charmed at six episodes in it's 24 episodes. So <laughs> we'll see if I actually hang on to it, but uh, I have, the, I've been the, enjoying it. The age so. of the two core. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where just anything could get made. Yeah. I don't know. There's just like like Junpei wants to get curry and he's like he like keeps ordering different dishes at different restaurants that look like curry and it's always like desserts or like like not actually curry and he's really sad about that. Yeah. It's dumb. And again like the gasoline fruit uh where they're just like oh isn't it weird that there's a fruit that if you squeeze it it produces gasoline. Um, like, that's so it's just like long periods of him like <laughs> squeezing these like weird pears and like oils dripping out of them. <laughs> Uh, on wow. on the subject of anyway, uh, let's slight... go back to something good. Duncan, what have you been watching? <laughs> I was going to say on the subject of slight uh, uh, fantasy shows which don't really have much to say for themselves. I've been watching uh, Endro this season. It's basically just a light, cute girls doing cute things RPG comedy, and uh, very much like the way you describe those who hunt elves. My uh, reaction to it is like, oh, I, I feel really knackered. I just fancy watching something easy and amusing, and uh, I watch it, and I'm my mood's appreciably happier, and uh, I giggle at a few jokes, and yeah, it's, it's all good. But it's 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 so difficult when you have something you quite like, but isn't doing anything incredibly uh, bad or incredibly good to find things to talk about it. And it's, I think that in this case, it's almost by design. It's like, almost like an inversion of the hero's journey. It's like, they get their call to the adventure in, in the first episode, and they're like, eh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like... So kind of like Konosuba then, of like not failing to actually like become the heroes that you assume they're going to be. Well, no, no, it's, it's like they start, the first, what, the way it starts is they start with the sort of final fight against the evil demon lord is the first thing we see and they 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 ha- they fight against it and it's like, okay i have I have almost beat you heroes and they're like aha we still have our our trump card to play where we combine our four powers but they they mess up their their trump card uh, spell and uh, they basically suck them all back into a vortex in time and the the whole thing resets and the only person who remembers what happens was the demon lord who we find out had been a 3,000-year-old lolly because that's the kind of thing which happens. 
Um, but I take those boxes. That's how, that's how it happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's good because like the first three episodes, she's the Mao, which is the the demon lord, is basically there trying to s- sabotage the the heroes from like um, learning their their craft because they're all they're all at a hero school and they're they're, tr- they're trying to learn their craft and she's managed to sort. Of black her way into a instructor her role and she's there trying to undermine them give them difficult quests and the more she tries the more they succeed and it's like she's there getting more and more f- frustrated and throwing tiny potentials and eventually she just one, one after the end of one show she's just like sitting in the bar and just goes ah, i can't be bothered with this anymore i don't care i'm just gonna get drunk and leave them to it and I'm I'm not being the demon lord anymore, and as soon as she does that, they they basically it's like the world goes well. If she's not being the demon lord, we don't really need heroes, and so every time they're they're trying to find adventure, it's it's sort of like put the world seems to refuse to give them it. It's like the one episode, it's the hero school is okay. So this is this week, all the students are going to be given a, a, a quest every day which they have to accomplish, and it will be randomly drawn, and it's okay. So they go to, go to the person, okay, what's our quest today? And he goes, okay, okay, uh, today you need to rescue a cat. And it's like, that doesn't seem like a thing heroes should be doing. Anyone could do that. <laughs> Look, I don't choose these things, I just pull them out of the hat, and it's like, okay, fine, we'll go do that. Yay! And they go off and really enthusiastically do that. The next day, come back. Okay, what are we doing this day? You're rescuing a cat, and so and third day and fourth day and fifth day, and and the, and then they 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 at first they're despondent and then then it's like okay how how can we 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 learn lessons about being heroes by rescuing this cat, and they do that and they get really hyped up and they go back and then it's okay so what are we doing today okay this day you have to go to the cave of wonders and and rescue the get the star moss from the ancient dragon and it's like. Is the ancient dragon the name of a cat? And it's like, <laughs> just it's just like kind of sweet little jokes like that, which I'm not laughing out out loud or on, but they just make me smile a little bit, and just it's all very harmless and all very punny at times. Like yeah. there's an, an entire it's like once get like they they have a fish episode where the fishmen are uh, instead of being like mermaids with human torsos and. Uh, 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 fish legs it's fish fish top um hairy human legs and it's just like it's just like nice um yeah that's 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 i've, I've done my best not just to say it's just nice but on that note i will end with it's just nice how long does it take to get to the point where they're just like like the, the demon lolly lord has like given up the ghost and now everybody is just rescuing cats like do you get the sense that that was the point of the show or that yeah, whoever was, was the original like, author just didn't really know no, what they that wanted was the to third, do third episode um so it's very quickly it's like it's very clear from the start that every everything that uh the de- demon lord tries to do backfires on her and it's like they've actually recently had an episode where she's like thinking back onto when she first started being in the Demon Lord, and it's, and you get the sense that over this like three thousand years of repeating cycle, that, that every time there's a Demon Lord, there's a hero has been called to, called to fight her, and every, she's got beaten every time, and you see her amusing like 
Well, those demon lords obviously haven't tried yet. And the, the one th- thing which doesn't seem to occur to her is like, well, what would happen if I didn't actually f- fight them? If if I didn't, do I need to 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 be happy? Do I have to be the demon lord, lord and take over the whole world? It, the the sort of thing she seems to come to the conclusion of is well, actually there's lots of other things which I enjoy. You you just hang around with her friends and. Uh, uh, drinking and <laughs> eating and it's like she's happier doing that than trying to take over the world hmm. i feel like you can tell that we all watched a fairly heavy anime last last time with uh <laughs> with lane and i were just like it's nice it's easy <laughs> you watch it and things just happen <laughs> and there's no reason behind it you just have to enjoy the physical visual spectacle that's yeah. on the screen just live in the moment <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. uh She's a kind of a bit like um, the garbage <laughs> that I've been watching this week. Oh, do uh, tell. <laughs> yes, Andy, happened. tell what you li- tell us what you like more than Serial Experiments Lane. Oh, come on, friends. Oh, that's so good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is weird. Oh, You're making my God. it weird. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I think we've talked already about how much like, unironically love Come On, friends, uh, despite the fact that from the face of it, it looks shit, and uh, by all, <laughs> all all meaning of everything, it should be a terrible show that deserves no respect, attention, or um, anything. But you know, actually, the first season was really fucking weird and interesting. They had like some weird post-apocalyptic shit. They had like a whole thing about you know this one person, Kabanchan, is the last, maybe the last human on Earth or in Japan. Who fucking knows? As these alien spirits called Ceruleans go and attack the world. And, you know, it's mostly about how he, this Kabanchan finds a friend called Serval. Uh, and then they have to find out A, who she is. And then B, what the fuck she is doing on this place in the first place. And, uh, Turns out that she's a human, and we don't really know what else we're doing in the last six episodes, so we'll just fanny about and then fuck off on a boat. Um, but, you know, saying that, the emotional beats were strong in the first season. Uh, it's got the people who do what's that anime? This, again, really weird that this season is a season that Kemonos. What is that anime, Duncan, that we're watching? Kemurikusa. Kemurikusa, thank you. That, you know, he's pop that one out this season uh supposedly to despite the fact that kimono friends season two is a thing which i don't know that it's it's a weird system thing so basically that whole company after kimono friends uh they did one episode on horse racing and then katakawa despite it being incredibly popular uh was like what the fuck are you doing mate get the fuck out so they were like (laughs) all right fuck you buddy and so they fucking did uh it was a very weird system um, come on, friends! Is a very odd history of just like, like just Kadokawa being bits of pieces of shit and just walking all over them, uh, and just giving no respect to their original design, despite the fact that the whole of the first season was done on a shoe shoestring budget. They couldn't even animate a fucking wheel turning because um, they didn't have enough time. But you know, like. It was good, like, and then they produced Kimono Friends Season 2 off the popularity of Kimono Friends Season 1. For the start, they got a production budget, which is weird, because the first season had fucking none of it. Um, then they also have, uh, like, I don't know, a half-decent cast. Well, they've still got the original cast, but, like, 
Um, it looks nice, which I don't think I particularly like uh, in season two. <laughs> and also, they're just kind of stomping all over the story of the first season. So the beginning of season two starts off with a person called... Ah, oh, fuck, I'm going to forget her name. Kuru Guru, I think, which is basically just the noise that your tummy makes when you're hungry. Um, mm. As she walks out of a thing, like a building, and then she finds Serval and then another one. I can't remember who her fucking name is, but they then are like, who are you? I don't know. Let's go find out. Oh, Serval, isn't this sort of like the friend that you had before that you went on an amazing adventure with? Oh, yeah, it is. I can't remember her name, though. And then it flashes to Kabanchan, and you're just like, okay, fuck you. And then they they go off on a magical, mystical adventure again. Uh, And they meet more uh, crazy, like, anthropomorphic animal friends who have one gimmick and one gimmick only. Uh, So the first one, you meet duck-billed platypus, who just walks in a straight line? The, I mean, f- I'm sorry. Do they say duck-billed platypus? Like, a, sorry, like not duck-billed platypus. American, like duck-billed duck. The duck-billed the duck. It's a duck. It's a fucking duck. You know, the normal ducks Wait, that you what? have. Oh well, that's disappointing. <laughs> oh, no, no, One, how do you confuse a duck with a platypus? <laughs> and two, the question was, do they say duck-billed platypus in the Japanese fashion? Because if so, I need you to. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what the original the Japanese is. Probably not. How do, you, how do you confuse a platypus with a duck? Because it's got the yeah. word duck in it. Well, that, that's what we should that's <laughs> the original anthropological <laughs> biologist, that, that John. You need to go find those people who explored the wild. Well, they call the it a duck-billed platypus because it has a bill like a duck. Yeah. That's not too hard but to But what's a platypus? I don't know. Without well, scientific. What's a duck? I mean, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, the fun fact about a duck-billed platypus is when they sent it from Australia to England, they thought that it was a joke. Because it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, I love that little weird fact. They just thought that they were fucking having a laugh. Being like, what? They're poisonous animals that have a duck-billed thing. That's ridiculous. Um, but no, they said they just meet a fucking mallard. Mallard. Uh, and okay. they just walk in a straight line. There's a bit where there's a, t- a tiny crack at about an inch. And then they all show how great they are at jumping over it. Apart from the human, who's not so great at jumping over things. Actually, she's not so great at doing fucking anything. She just sort of sits it's abound and doesn't be annoying like all the other ones somehow the writing's gotten fucking worse than the first season which is impressive i think uh like <laughs> it, it start like every character has a gimmick which is great because you know that's what you want cute like animal girls being cute weird gimmicks but you know in this one they literally go i feel it's in my nature for you to follow me and you're like okay i mean that's literally telling people what your gimmick is without any like any subtlety it, which is insane to fucking say because the first season was just as bad but it didn't fucking go my thing is to do this guys and they're like yeah great you do that mate it's weird um also do they still have the interviews with the zoo employees nope. at the the end. Yeah, that that no. was oh, that right. was a real like lovely sort of highlight of the because for some odd reason the first season wasn't produced as an anime DVD. It was actually produced as a book. So uh, which was again another weird thing to come with sales because <laughs> because the sales were like non-existent on any anime charts. And you're like, well, what the fuck? It's meant to be super popular, and it's because they released 
the first episodes, like the first two episodes as a book and it came with like an actual factual book <clears throat> of animal facts and stuff of the animals that are introduced in the first few episodes. So they didn't they didn't go underneath the DVD sales, it went underneath the book sales. Um, which <laughs> is weird and mental, but kind of cool, I, I guess. Um, it means that you have to hide, you can hide your sales, I guess, of of kimono friends. So what you're saying is this show is bait to get little kids to learn about animals. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, and, the original okay. artist is the guy who did uh, Sergeant Frog. Uh, so, you know, he did all the original characters. I see, design. that has good art. So how do they fuck this up? Well, could yeah. this be a weird, weird royalty thing? Like... <laughs> Maybe the the production studio were due to get any percentage of DVD sales, but no percentage of book sales. I mean, that's really possible. I mean, as you, I'm sure, are all well aware that Kimono Friends started off as a phone game, I believe, and then got a manga, and then the phone game fell on its ass and got closed like three months before the anime was produced. So... By the time they handed over anime, the animator Yoso Zoro Productions, I think they're called, uh, you know, they'd essentially just given them a dead fish and just been like, yeah, you know, do what the fuck you want, mate, because we don't care about this series anymore. Um, or it was failing when they gave it to them and then it failed. And then they're like, well, I mean, you can still produce something and we'll air it, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't really know. It's weird. Um, it could be that. Um you know, it, it's strange. Wasn't there some kind of, like, acrimonious falling out with the series director and the production studio because he was, like, selling, like, fan works on the side or some weird thing that he wasn't licensed to do? Or... No, it wasn't. I mean, it's hard to really say. It basically boiled down to uh, Katakao. They released a, um episode, a bonus episode uh, of about horse racing um, where they just... Uh, Serval and Kabanchan just went round a horse track and then just showed different horses horse girls and their different breeds and how amazing they are and it was kind of a incentive to get people into horse racing and horse betting <laughs> similar to Uma Musume but less authorised by Kadokawa because it feels like it was kind of a bit of a shit show between Yozora Productions and Kadokawa, where Kadokawa didn't really know what to do because all of a sudden they had a massive hit on their hands, and Yozora Productions were just getting sort of stuff left and right from, uh, you know, promotions and what have you, and they were like, yeah, sure, we'll do this one, mate, no worries. Thought they had the goodwill of uh, Kadokawa. Turns out they didn't. And then, yeah, Kadokawa, it, Kadokawa just closed them down pretty much without much of a thought which was actually kind of a shock to the anime industry i think at large because it just kind of shows how fucking ruthless a production company can be when they want to be like you make mm. one step wrong despite the like the huge sales and the revival of a dead ip uh and that's it you're fucked um so i don't know but yeah it it season two or Core two, as I believe Duncan Ben was saying, because they're not calling it season two for some reason. It's just a continuation of Kimono Friends. Um, it it very much starts off with like it very much feels like they're just doing season one again. There's a there's a kid who fucking they don't know who he is. He's probably an android, is my guess, because he came out of a weird egg with magic cubes, and then like. Had, uh, you know, like androids. <laughs> yeah, 
like all the androids in this world. Well, the cu- maybe he's the duck-billed platypus. Maybe he is a duck-billed platypus. It would be interesting if they brought a duck-billed platypus. Actually, what the fuck am I talking about? No, it wouldn't. None of it's interesting. It's just fucking like garbage anime that I like to watch. Uh, you know, they they have Cerulean's <laughs> fighting them, and then there's also like in Fennec and uh, Avisan, uh, they have a two armadillos who are following them for no real reason apart from that you need some weird like comedy light relief in a show about animals trying to find who out who they are and finding other animals uh to to follow the protagonist and see what the fuck they've been doing um which is really weird uh they also like you know the opening song a isn't as good i'm just gonna knock it out there fucking garbo compared to well you're the pickiest person i know in terms of ops though (laughs) nothing can beat welcome to yorkus or japari park which is an incredible line because it just means welcome welcome to japari park uh i fucking love it um (laughs) but you know you have a problem i know um it's a deep-seated problem uh and yeah it's it's just a weird sort of like shadow of its former self um that might evolved past it because it's clearly got some budget productions but who can say they're clearly trying to rope in the old people by showing like the characters that you know and love in the first season but they're not really doing much with them uh they've introduced some new characters like i can't remember who the there's like one other girl that one other cat girl that follows the robot boy or sorry the human with uh serval and uh She's just a new character, and she's boring. She's exactly the same, but she doesn't go Sugoi as loud or as annoying. Uh, actually, there's the Sugois that are in it, which is like uh, fucking Serval's catchphrase, is a lot less um, excitable, almost like she's dead inside. Um, almost like she got this gig not knowing what she was getting into, then did a hammy job, and then was like, oh shit, this is really popular. Now what the fuck am I going to do? I've got a second season of this garbage. And so her Sugoi's are sort of like half felt. They're like, Sugoi. Yeah, that's amazing, mate. You fucking found a, found a train. Sugoi. Great. Yeah. I love it. So yeah, no, that's, that's Kimono Friends season two. I'm going to keep watching it because <laughs> I love trash. <laughs> So have you actually kept up to date with Kemi Kemi Kusa? Uh, No, I I watched like another two episodes, I think. Um, But Mm. it's just because it's on another service. It's not on Crunchyroll, and I just keep forgetting to watch it. I mean, after something as great as Dororo, you're like, shall we watch that? I mean, it's (laughs) yeah. I mean, I was gonna say it's on the same service as Dororo, so you'd think there'd be a reason. But they are somewhat two very different shows. Like one is. Is extremely low budget uh, CGI with some actually really nicely drawn backgrounds. Yeah. Like probably the highest production in, in bit of it is the backgrounds. I I think the person I, th- I think I remember reading somewhere that the person who uh, draws backgrounds for it is actually fairly prominent. But it's like it has this weird or like the, the it's sense of stillness like and this ruined world which is actually quite kind of interesting it reminds me at times of uh things like uh mushishi or um uh, even land of the lustrous but then you combine it with once again this incredibly janky 3g um yeah so i don't know it's it's got 
it does have like this pacing and mystery to it. Like uh, nowadays, you don't get many shows which have a feeling of mystery to them. And whatever else you throw at uh, the original Kimono Friends, it did have a sense of mystery to it. Yeah, like no one was entirely sure what was going on. Were they trying to say something more or not? What exactly was the the story behind? This sort of like weird post-apocalypse going on in a sort of an amusement park, basically amusement yeah. park, yeah. And but and from, and what you saying seem to be saying about this second season is they've immediately lost that by putting it in the same place and bringing back the same characters. So it's you've immediately lost this sense of mystery, and now you've just got the jank element. Well, yeah, I mean. It... It's hard to say because, like, it's quite early, and you know, like, they have got a similar thing of, you know, this character has is a, is an artist and has a sketchbook of the stuff that he used to that he saw and drew, and then they show it, and then they show the destroyed version of it. So it's still this sort of post-apocalyptic theme park, um, which is interesting, and you know, like. It's this thing of them, but they, but it's not like it's so overt and in your face. It's not like the first season where you don't really pick up on it until about the second or third episode, in which you're looking at like an odd sign that's just dilapidated as fuck, and you're like, wait a second, what the fuck's going on here? I thought this was a cute anime about uh, like about animal girls sort of just fucking about, but you know, it it doesn't, yeah, it. it it's so in your face about it's a poc- it's the it's you know something that he's from the past and this is a weird sort of dilapidated future that it's not that it doesn't it's still going to be interesting um i think but like you said it's it just removes that sense of mystery which i think really encapsulated people at the time to kimono friends because like you said they're like hold on there's something more to this now it's hold on. There isn't anything more to this. It is exactly that. But you know, you you have odd shots where you're like, this is a different world than what the first season had. Like the first season, if you remember, uh, Duncan, because I know you're a big fan, um, had the <laughs> giant volcano in the middle where they all they I mean, all got hit yeah. by the central law star that turned everybody into a fucking <laughs> like animal thing. Like that seems to either have gone or has changed. So. Could be that they're now in like a different Japan park, a different like world. Who knows? Because this is also has like a train system now instead of the the car system that they had in the first series. Mm. Uh, there's also like one Lucky who is like the weird like blue mascot robot. He's now a green mascot robot with a pirate hat. Like I don't know what's up with. Does that. he once again have a collar? He does have a collar. Yeah, which is. Like one of the best, like lasting jokes of the first season. Yeah. I mean, like that—that that, that itself was in the in that was like the last big reveal of the original show was that this robot you think has been talking to the cast all the way through is in fact not talking to them. It's this weird little um, sort of uh, guide guide um, speaker which has just been attached to it, and so it, it's really strange to hear that conveniently again. They've just this um, guide speaker has just been whacked on an, another robot and it's doing exactly the same thing. And so, yeah, yeah well, weird. you know, like the whole um, point of... Just a bit... The, the whole point of Lucky is that you're meant to assume that there's only one of them and then it turns out that actually there's a fair few because uh, they bring everybody food. Um, 
Also, their cuisine's evolved. There's no longer just one type of Japari bun. They now have, like, Japari <laughs> fucking ramen or something. And you're just like, okay, whatever. Don't care. <laughs> Sounds like a merchandising <laughs> uh, possibilities. <laughs> Precisely. Anyway, that's my amazing... So, do you... Sorry, carry on. What? Uh, I was just going to say, like, the whole, like, post-apocalypse... Post-apocalypse thing was that always supposed to like be the seeds of a big overarching plot, or was that just kind of like set dressing that people fixated on and then just kind of like made into a thing to make fans happy? You know what that answer is, Jeff. Come on. <laughs> I mean, the answer to that is that it's the director was basically given told he had to make a uh, anime about these uh, cute girl mascots, and he likes making anime about uh, post-apocalyptic settings as his current one shows and so he just worked what he liked into what he was told to do hmm. seems to be yeah. the the uh, the be all yeah. and end all i have a i have a pet theory that like every time that happens and people like it it's because it was just something that somebody liked and then, then like felt obligated to pay that off and every time it sucks is when they try to get everybody to like it so they can pay it off because they have this like big idea that's going to blow everyone's mind frank's like <laughs> I mean, my the example I think of the example I think of that Jeff is an anime that nobody would have heard of that I've mentioned before called uh, Metabox VXV, uh, which is a fifty-two episode anime that's never been translated or seen over here. Um, but it's about essentially that where they were they were just given a blank check from Tomi and were like, guys, Transformers is in. Fucking Beyblade is in. Let's just... I've made these weird shitty toys which look like bugs. Let's just fucking make an anime about them and, and, you know, you can sell it off as whatever and you can do whatever the fuck you want. We don't care. We just want you to make sure that these things sell. And they... What came out of it is the most insane 52 episodes because it is essentially a parody of fucking everything. Um, And it's got, like... It, they their motto when they were designing it was make every episode the final episode. So the first episode starts off with the final battle in a tournament, and you know you've basically just got these sort of like Beyblade esque like beetle things which you rev up and then throw into a ring, and then somehow they have superpowers. Don't quite know. They're just a kids' toy made to sell to kids. Um, but, you know, they, they have, like, crazy powers. And then you find out that the master evil dude who you're fighting at the end is actually his dad who's beating up kids and taking away their toys. Uh, it's a very weird show, but so funny. Oh, we've, we've, talked, we've talked about Kabuto Board before. I don't, don't, yeah. you I don't think we have. You, you had us all? You had us yeah, all? Yeah, you, you tried to get us to watch yes. the first episode. Like, yep. I, and, I, and I had watched it, and I did talk about it with you. We, we, we didn't talk about it on air, though. Because I remember it being... No, we did. did. No, 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 I don't think yes, it is. We did. I don't think it is. Yes, we did. I don't think it is. Oh, dear. <laughs> All right, well, I gotta say well uh, we're going to go Amazing. ahead and maybe take this break to talk Andy through this, and then we'll come back with some spotlight pitches. No, 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 no. Sorry, Andy, it's the case. It's all right. Uh... <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was actually, like, in-between matter that happened during the break of the first episode that I edited. Because I definitely remember Andy going on a Kabutaborg jag, and I think we, I we may have, have we, cut we, it. <laughs> no, we have it in there. I guarantee it. I I think we've, we I can think, solve this very I easily. I, I know because I was really upset because I was like, "Oh, 
I thought I had quite a good rant about that, but no, it's been cut. I'm 90% sure. Right, guys, whilst we've been talking, I've managed... Like some mad god, episode 19 at, uh, see, at, at, uh, 10 minutes and 29 seconds, we talk about Kabuto Borg for four and a half minutes before talking about My Girlfriend is Showbitch. No, we've talked about this. Oh, How does it feel to be so it. wrong all the time, Andy? <laughs> ah, it feels fine. By the way, guys, uh, if you give me uh, five minutes, uh, I um, I will be able to pop out another... I've, I've whilst, uh, whilst you've been chatting, I've managed to, um, to pop out a little feature so we can do that. Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy, indeed. Um, I am super duper excited. You should be. Carry my stuff. You fucking should be. I had to explain what jock jams were to the person I'm seeing, which made me feel really old. Oh, no. Well, you're going to have to feel Sorry. old. She's like, she's like, are they songs about sports? I'm like, not really. They're just songs that happen to be played at sports games. What, like, X going to give it to you? Like, y'all ready for this? Or, uh, everybody did. That sort of, like. Everybody dance now. Yes, okay, let's go ahead and count again. That's the energy we need. Yeah, I, I've, I've been listening to a lot of, well, city pop. Which is fucking ace. You know they took Van Porgham's thing down. Anyway, that's beside the point. Yeah, they did. They, someone finally decided that that uh, Plastic Love was good enough to copyright claim. Oh, it's so fucking good. But you know, I was reading into that Plastic Love thing. <laughs> it's really interesting. So that Plastic Love version that everybody loves, that 10 minute cut, that was actually uh, that was actually a fucking fan made thing. It wasn't the original Plastic Love. They actually edited another three minutes on top of it. And then that fucking picture of her, which is sort of like her turning around and her hair's like all yeah. flying. The infamous one. That's not even a fucking CD cover. That's a picture that was on a tour show. And they just like took that tour show picture of her and then put Summer Love, like, which is an album that she's done, but not the album that fucking had Plastic, plastic Love ones. in it. It's mental! <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck is this? Also, also someone did point out they had like a, a, a modern day picture of that act, of that uh, pop star, and she looks exactly the same. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. Been, it's been like 30 years and she looks well, exactly I was... the same. Am I the only one who has no idea what's, what's being talked about? Plastic Love, man. Nope. It's a fucking banger. I've never heard of it. Uh, I've seen it, really I've seen it referenced it. on Twitter, and that's about it. It's I a good song. It's a, it's a super chill nine-minute, like, Japanese funk song. Uh, like, pop okay. song. Yeah. That explains why and I don't know. It is incredible. It's actually one of those songs in which it feels like... Like when you watch, like, like when you play, like, uh, what's it called? Uh, John Coltrane's Some Kind of Blue. Like, it just feels fresh, even though it's fucking years old. Uh, Maria Takaguchi's Plastic Love. It's genius. It's such a good song. (laughs) And it was like a, it was like a, like, kind of a, like, not a big hit when it came out either. It's entirely, like, it's popular is entirely from the, from YouTube. So. Yeah, well, and, but she was popular. She's always been popular, like, as an idol. Yeah, but this is one of her, this is one of her, like, B-sides, kind yeah. of. Yeah. I googled it, and it sounds okay. I don't it's know. Like, 
What's to be excited about? I just think <laughs> nothing, John. Nothing's worth being excited about. <laughs> but you know, like okay. uh, there's been an interview with um, Gorillas, and they've cited it as like one of their like favorite songs, which is weird. It's just, and then I could see that. And then also, she's like had interviews since where like Eng- with like English people being like, "So why do you think this is so fucking popular?" And she's like, "I don't know, but I'm glad that it is because it means that like yeah, but like." <laughs> This is a picture of her like last year though. Check this like like as opposed to her in like nineteen eighty like holy shit, she looks like, like this is like thirty five years later. <laughs> I mean but she's married also to like a super famous like producer or boy or like idol as well. And uh yeah, she's I don't know. I love it. I hope I age that well thirty five <laughs> years from now. <laughs> the second half of our podcast we are going to do spotlight pitches to duncan who pitched our last spotlight anime serial experiments lane last episode andy i think we're going alphabetically now so i'm sorry hey last time uh duncan we spoke you wanted me to pitch something i genuinely love uh and the hard thing Mm -hmm. is is that we've actually watched a fair few things of the stuff that i genuinely love so um I'm just going to pitch something that I think I've already pitched before. Actually, I'm pretty sure I pitched it. But as this is after our new unwritten ruling of not pitching stuff six months until the six months have gone, I'm going to do it again. And then... Hey, don't pull back the kimono. (laughs) Apologies. Um, I'm I'm just going to pick my neighbor Totoro again. I mean, it's fucking fucking 20 years or something. It's quite old. But God damn it, it's beautiful. It's lovely. It's like... It's just my favorite, one of my favorite Ghiblis, and oh, it's thirty years old uh, in twenty eighteen. Wow! And it's almost as old as what's her face, Uh, (laughs) Maria Takeuchi. Well, well, that needs to be put in the pre roll out. Yeah, like fucking, it's it's beautiful anime. It's just like. It's the show that makes me happy. I don't know if there's much to talk about apart from the weird fucking like side, like the weird like theories about one character being dead throughout the whole show. Oh, those are all those are all wrong. I, I those know, but they're they're, they're, they're hilarious. Like I, I just find it a great watch. I find it something that you can just sit back and it's just it's just enjoyable. It's got so many fun things going on. It it's sort of you know everybody knows the story. Like it's about a, mar- a kid who's you know moving to the countryside mm-hmm. a similar to a kind of a fair few themes of ghibli of them moving to the countryside being one with nature uh like and then also fucking like finding out is her mum's in hospital and it's beautiful it's really sweet mm-hmm. uh it's maybe the most what well, for me at least one of the most heartfelt Ghibli's. I know that Ghibli does a lot of stuff, and it's a simple story that's told beautifully, executed beautifully. And fuck it, we haven't done a Ghibli yet, so let's do Totoro because it's the best. Mm, we have. have we? We've yeah, we done have. Um, Princess Kaguya. Oh, fuck, we have. Okay, fine. This is the first Miyazaki Ghibli. <laughs> but we haven't done a Miyazaki. Yes. Uh, so failing doing Spirited Away, let's do the second most popular one over here, <laughs> Totoro. Which you know, if it's good enough to be their fucking. Uh, 
like mascot character. It's good enough for us. Let's fucking do it. Totoro. Yeah, Totoro. Totoro. (laughs) Keep keep the energy up, guys. Come on, we can do this. Yeah. (laughs) But but more than that, it's 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 a. It's an anime that seeps into our general consciousness. Like people like have Simpsons as references, Bob's Burgers have referenced it. It's a fucking quintessential anime that we haven't talked about, and we need to. It's appealing to my 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 predilections to going for meta stuff. <laughs> well, if you like meta stuff, you're in luck, Duncan. I oh, yeah? just changed oh, my yeah? p- what I'm going to pitch. Oh god. Uh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Uh, not not because of that, because I I I got cold feet like uh five minutes ago. Um, so I am going to. We've been doing a lot of military theme stuff, but I really don't want to go down the usual routes of trying to pitch girls and Panzer again. Instead, um, and this partially builds off of how we were talking about Medica Box last episode. Uh, I want to pitch the last good thing that post Exodus Studio Garnex ever did. Which is uh, Stella Jakuin Kotoka C three Boo or uh, Stella, uh, Stella Women's Academy C three Boo. So this is airsoft, basically. Uh, it is the it is the airsoft anime that is not uh, Sabagebu, which I also considered pitching. But I'll see that one, I would have been all about. No, this no C three Boo is great. Uh, so what's interesting about it? Um, it's is it's a all female ensemble character drama of people who are into airsoft, and it specifically uh, for fixates on one character, Yura, who has just joined the club, and how she kind of really gets into uh, airsoft, and then how being hyper competitive and really like how that knowledge and how that passion for airsoft actually kind of turns her into it like helps her grow into a kind of terrible person and there's a lot of really interesting interpersonal drama it's got a banger of an of an ed the op is kind of whatever um there is some weird metaphysical stuff going on with like the relationship that she has with her scorpion submachine gun that she uses for airsoft and in general it's got a very kind of nice thing going on i think it was evirus on karma burn who pointed out that only the the senpai in the club is an experienced voice actress and all the three, all the four Kohai characters are voice actresses with, with, you know, two or three or no uh, credits to their names. It's kind of got this really interesting uh, thing going on. It's a very emotionally driven anime, despite being about airsoft and about interpersonal conflicts. And there's just a lot of really subtle moments that I've really enjoyed. And I haven't watched it since it aired back in, back in 2013, I think, geez, um, but no, I think it's a really, it's a really interesting one to look at and one that people don't talk about and didn't really get much pay, attention paid to it after it aired again, six years ago. So do you think Gainax thought it would be a success when it was aired or do you think it was just like, Oh, we'll, we'll I, just do this. I can't peer into the head of like once, like most of Gainax's senior staff left for trigger, uh, and what was left was basically a rump studio that they that they supplemented with emergency hirings. Like I don't know. Um, I mm. think that they thought that they were going to get more out of Medica Box, but the end of the second season definitely communicates that they're like we're not getting more funding on this. But then after that they made after that they made C three Boo, and I don't know if they were just adapting uh, adapting the material okay. there or if it's or if it was intentionally because there is weird stuff in there. There's like a, a part where she like 
while holding her gun, like she has like an ancient samurai come into her head and give her advice about how to hold it. It's played completely straight. They're like, it's supposed to be kind of like a, almost a spiritual moment of so this. It's, yeah. It's, it's not quite um, um, uh, like Gun Gale online when uh, uh, her her pink uh, P90 he starts no. gets big eyes and starts telling chewing her. No, to her submachine gun never talks. What but... about? But she definitely talks to her ancestors through her submachine gun. Um, okay. And they give her bad advice. I don't know. I think that it's interesting and in that, like, it, the thesis of uh, C-3PO is that caring for, caring a lot about something isn't necessarily better than not caring about it, which is, I think, is something we don't hear That's a lot it. in okay. media. That's so it's it, and I don't think it's perfect. I think it actually stumbles and it could have used more, but it has a complete story. It could have used more okay. time, I think, but it has a complete story. And it is just kind of very weird and very oddly presented and yeah i don't know i don't think are you're you gonna, gonna pick t- this but i think i think it's an interesting yeah. one so i wanted to put it out about, there are you gonna tell me to what, what? My everyone's favorite girl gun anime. No. <laughs> no, no 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 upo no upo no. stop it <laughs> i was gonna say ben are you gonna tell me what i could have won what, uh, what i was gonna, i was gonna pitch princess jellyfish but i didn't feel like it <sighs> okay Maybe next time. <laughs> anyway, Jeff. anyway, Jeff. All right, uh, my Jeff. turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I've had a weird on off relationship with anime for a long time, and I I can't even remember why I had picked up this show the first time I watched it in like two thousand eight or nine or something like that. But uh, we were talking about uh, Serial Experiments Lane on the last feature, and I was reminded of like how it's kind of like had connective tissue with uh, this series. And I want to watch Paranoia Agent, uh, Toshi Kone's uh, series that's kind of a garbage plate of ideas that he had that he wasn't able to develop into full movies while he was making the the ones that you've, uh, that everybody's heard of. I think it's, this show is like, you know, it's not like it's like an, like an unheard of show. I think it was actually on Adult Swim in the States. So, but I just it's a I think there's a lot to chew on there. I think it'll be uh, a fun thing to watch. I think it's yeah. I I think it's gonna be, it gonna be a, good. It's got a great it's OP. A, it's got like, mm-hmm. like weird Japanese yeah. world music style. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean yeah. The, yeah. As you, as you say, there's a bit of a lot of the different themes which he explores in his uh, feature length works popping up in it. So mm-hmm. it's a way of getting a, a bit of everything he's done in a way. Yeah, sort of spiritual, sort of cyberpunk. I think yeah. it's kind of, I don't know, so, if we ever get it picked, I think from my first watching of it, I thought it was a bit of a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none situation. That's that's exactly my feelings too, which is means it's not going to be in the world if you pick it. I'll get to reassess that. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think this is the first Satoshi Kone thing I had ever actually seen, and it left a big impression on me back then, and I want to kind of revisit it. Mm-hmm. And on we go to the man himself, John, the legend. Yeah, I'm going to try to muster up. John. I'm going to try to muster up as much energy as I can for this. Okay. Go, fucking right, fucking get turned, get ripped, Mister. That's Mr. not a thing. channel. Channel <laughs> Prince. Channel Prince. Red Bulls adverts. No bad. Why? <laughs> no, what? Yeah. That's a weird poll. <laughs> and he was just, really influenced by those Red Bull commercials. I'm not wholly against it. It's just a weird one. 
Okay. <laughs> I'm, for, for the pitches, I'm trying to be more like Ben and actually pull, you know, production stuff. So I looked up the stuff for this show. Um, <clears throat> so the director, uh, he directed Oran High School Host Club. He directed Soul Eater. He directed, uh, what was it? A lot of, or he, he wrote the script for um, A Revolutionary Girl, Tuna. Hmm. Um, the script writer for this show he wrote the script and he did the series composition for Redline over on High School Hose Club, uh, series composition for Nodame Cantabile. Um, he also did series composition for Utena. You know, it's just a whole smorgasbord of stuff. Oh, and he wrote the script for FLCL. Fully cool. Whatever. Um, Is it Iran High anyway. School High School? <laughs> no. Or at High School High School? High School High School. High School High School. <laughs> No, guys, we just quiet. we just talked about that in the break and how we can't do it because it's twenty six episodes and I refuse to split it up. I'd love to um, see this high school about high schools, so high schools. <laughs> they have a high, high, high school sc- uh, club. Yeah, high several different high clubs. school ex high school. school. <laughs> martial arts high school club. Uh, anyway, this is a series by Bone. It's an action series. It's pretty good and funny. Uh, all of the characters are named after authors of from various uh, time periods and whatnot it's called bungo stray dogs and it's really cool and i like it a lot and i want to watch it because it's fun is that the <laughs> thing which you just said is getting a new season yes no. okay is that the thing that did sugar sweet step or is um getting confused with something else who uh you know that anime opening is that Bungo? You're thinking. Oh, thinking of... Are you not talking about um, Blood Blockade uh, Battlefront? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not Blood Blockade Battlefront. It is. It is a three-word anime beginning with B. Yeah. So, John, Bungo Stray Dogs. So, are these? Uh, are they just named after these famous historical? Oh, they have super. Oh, yeah. Sorry, like I'm tired. They have superpowers that are somewhat themed after the authors that they're named after. <laughs> like, okay. there's one. Uh, there's like uh, oh fuck, who's the author of Moby Dick? Melville, Moby. Herman Melville, Moby, the yeah. author. <laughs> yeah, <What>? Moby. <laughs> not, righty. not not a funny joke. What hilarious joke? Best joke of the game. Anyway, one guy has a superpower of like being able to pilot a giant dick. airship that's shaped like a whale. Ah. So yes, <laughs> okay. also a giant dick. Anyway, so, so that's the level of that's it's. <laughs> It's a uh, read or die level superpowers. I think, yeah, kind of. Yeah, uh, I think this one's in the second season though, so we won't run into it. But that's okay. The first season, I think, ends pretty well, so that we don't need to continue. Unlike Oran High School Host Club, <laughs> so we'll find out. Except it won't be picked, but that's okay. Okay, I'm done. Okay, Duncan. Just to let you know, um, C three Boo and Bungo Stray Dogs are on Crunchyroll. Yeah, but uh, Totoro is only T- Totoro is only available. Uh, on disc and paranoid agent isn't even in print so no uh, yeah, that's a, okay i mean if, it, if it's um, worth anything who which anime fan doesn't already own totoro on disc uh who what sort of fucking anime scrub the people are you really? the people we want to be listening to our podcast and, and well, also, I, don't, I don't like totoro so i don't own and, it on disc and, and I don't also to, does so. Crunchyroll in the uk have your garbo anime i don't think it will do what is it bungo stray bums i mean you're not gonna have any anime after brexit so <laughs> well, you gotta get used to that well that's true nailed uh, get wrecked uh, nerd. wait Okay, yeah, we don't have... Don't, oh, we have season two. 
After magical Brexit, you mean, of course, yeah. Ben. <laughs> <laughs> after after you're distributed a piece of Excalibur as one of the British citizens to make your decision. Yeah, we... I mean, we, yeah. Are you talking about Stella Women's Academy High School Division Class C3? Because that is not... Yes. That is not available on UK Crunchyroll. Well, so... it sucks to be you. It's a fucking rad show. <laughs> Get to fuck. <laughs> Get to fuck. <laughs> okay, Duncan, and make it... your decision. <laughs> Okay. Um, uh, dun, dun, dun. Well, I, I, before I make my decision, I'm just going to tell you how horrendously wrong I was in guessing what you'd pick. I think you thought, I thought I'd pick Scum's was... Wish, right? No, I thought you were going to do his and hers circumstance. No, I, I, I'm like John. I'll never pitch half a half a half a season. Yeah, I thought John was going to pitch Landed Illustrious. That's I an thought... interesting poll. I mean, he was going to go for. Katana Gatri, because he knows both I and him love that. And I thought Jeff was going to go for sha- sha- Samurai sh- Shampoo because he <laughs> tends to like older stuff and he's currently enjoying Dororo. So I thought I'm, maybe I mean, go for, for what it's worth, I did really consider Katana Gatri, but it's hard to pitch when it's technically a 12 episode anime. But every yeah, episode but is those an episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is actually a 36 episode anime. <laughs> but it is great. It is incredible. Yeah, I, I, absolutely amazing. I think because uh, uh, of the, I don't know. I was very tempted by uh, the 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 fact Ben threw a nice obscure anime in front of me, and it's like, ooh, ooh, meta stuff, obscureness. Ooh, ooh, this is Duncan Catnip. <laughs> take the bait, take the bait. It's a good show. <laughs> but I think in the end. Uh, I'm going to have to suck it down and put up with the triumphalism, which will undoubtedly come when uh, I pick uh, Bungo Stray Dogs. Oh. Well, that's... Cool. I did not expect that. I mean, I'll get I'll get to read it. <laughs> I mean, I'll get to watch it. I'll get to read it. I'll read the like, <laughs> I've, I've always, like, been quite... I don't watch many sort of, like, just silly shonen shows. I, I'll tend to only pick them up if there's something has, like... A really striking cover image, like uh, some some like uh, Blood Bouquet Battlefront will, and it was like I was so tempted to to pick Totoro just because it's so easy and we and like we all love it and but well, apart from John. I'd like to go in, in I don't I don't love it. <laughs> I'd like to go into something where like the majority of us don't know what we're going to think. Yeah, because like it's like even with with Lane, it was like free of I, I sort of like had the sense yeah andy probably won't like that ben pro, ben i know he does i think jeff will like it i know i know john likes it but if we go in this i i have honestly no idea where any of us are gonna land yeah and that's that's quite kind I, of I'll, I'll be honest until like an hour ago i thought that bungo stray dogs was like about ronin during the sengoku judai period i don't know i don't know how i got that impression but I don't. Yeah. I don't know what this title means. It makes no sense to me. Yeah. Bungo no. stray dogs. It's sort of just like a word soup. No idea. Really, I, don't, I don't know what bungo means. <laughs> stray dogs makes a little bit of sense in context. I guess bungo bungo means liter- literary or cultural. Oh, does it? Okay. Well, that okay. makes sense then. All right. Literary. It's, it's, it still makes sense. It's just literally saying what the show is. It doesn't communicate I mean, meaning to me. <laughs> right. I'll well, be of interested because, like, before it was like a, a well-known thing. I read um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and yeah. that was 
a bit of a, ma- a, ma- a mashup of uh, literary classics, and s- so I'd be interested to see how this handles the same. Is it going to take the characters and subvert them? And like you, you, you I think you, it was you who pulled uh, Read or Die as an, uh, as something which we, although that was historical, and you hated Read or Die too. Also, no, <laughs> I did, but I enjoyed. I as I, I the conversation I had with Andy about it was was all that I did hate a lot of it, but I sort of enjoyed the silliness of the design of some of them. Yeah, yeah that was a good chat. Um, the one, the <laughs> one plus of this is even if you hate the show, it still has great action scenes because it's Bones and they're really good. Yeah, and it sounds bones, like me talking about uh, Elite Battle Angel. Have we done Angel. a Bones? <laughs> have, we, have we done a Bones show yeah. so we far? Chat a fuck ton I about don't Mob. Think that's so. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, yeah, we've talked but, about Bones because I watch everything from Bones. Yeah, uh, watched, but I don't, I don't think, think we've done, done one of those as a spotlight, have you though. Watched, and, yeah, have you watched Dog Scissors? Oh. Dog Scissors? You mean, you mean dog snipping sound scissors? Yeah. I'm not going to watch Dog Scissors. Anime. Garbo. Yeah, it's, sure. bad. it's a bad <laughs> but one. It's like, what, 17 years old? So I don't no, care. It's a bad bait, Karen. About five years. That's what I said. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, Andy, you said you had a game for us before we close this one out. Yes, mm. yes. Uh, so, guys, I mean, part of my New Year's resolution, as I'm going to say now, is to do more for this pod. Because I realise, really, I do fucking nothing. I just sit on, spout my opinions on how much I hate, uh, pretend, uh, how much I hate old anime, and then uh, move on to the next Garbo Kimono film. And then you pitch an old anime, yeah, Andy. He's a hypocrite. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I'm going to try and do every month, I'm going to try and do a game. Um, and uh, as with every regular feature, as we have always done it throughout the history of our show, it starts off with a disclaimer. Uh, the following feature is not authorised, accepted, or reviewed by the Keyframes Productions, and it's not indicative of the quality show they bring out every two weeks. Anything that is said beyond this point is not indicative of the cast or the creator of the feature, as he is merely being channelled by a greater feature god, probably Log, and, there is, and therefore is not held responsible for any drop in quality or taste. If you are at all offended by the following feature, please write a complaint to your local MP or start a Twitter campaign, as we really, really need the hits. Um. <laughs> yeah, if we if we can get like a like a who's the guy who did like anti trans stuff that like H bomber guy completely destroyed oh, him on Graham like a, a Gav Murphy Graham Linehan, Graham Linehan yeah. yes Graham Linehan uh, yeah we need a we need a Graham Linehan to get our get our hits up yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll take obscurity so, so uh, this week's regular feature as I'm sure everybody knows is uh, and I'm Duncan going to need your best um, Victor Meldrew voice is I don't mm. believe it uh, as or I don't believe it so ew no no Andy I have, I have got a list here of my favourite thing in the world idols um, and you have to you have to work out whether they're an anime idol a real idol or an idol made completely out of my head. Um, so, you know, enjoy that. Process it. Give me your thoughts. Right. You all ready to go? Sure. Mm-hmm. Why not? No, absolutely Shoot. not. Let's hit it with, <laughs> with the, first, the first idol of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Let's say three. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can cut this down. Uh, Shoko Hoshi. 
Hey girl, who loves me a mushroom? Shoko does. Who loves to be a quiet, introverted, introverted shy girl? You all do. Who brings and sings mushroom-based death metal? Your main girl Shoko does. How does a, such a transfer transformation occur? Not quite sure. Some fans think it's because of uh, eating too many mushrooms. Others say it's because of stress. Who can say? So there you go. Uh, an idol. She's real. Who... So is it? So is this? Is this a fictional idol or a real idol or an? Is it, what's That's the... what. That's what we're meant to no, discover. No, but it's, it's like, it's, are these like real idols, like they're people or they're characters in an anime? Is some are characters, or, some are real, and some are made up by him. Do we have or, to guess whether they're real or an anime character or made up? Exactly. There are three options that you got. Real anime, Fuck. anime, and real, real idol, anime idol, have to guess. or this made up real. idol that I've done. So, so did you say she's really into mushrooms, or she is a mushroom? No, she's really into mushrooms. Uh, she loves <laughs> that would have okay. tipped the head, wouldn't have Jeff? <laughs> she loves, she loves a good mushroom, uh, and she's really quiet, she's quiet and shy. And then when she pops up on stage after her training, uh, she transforms into this weird death metal visual K idol uh, and shouts and sings about mushrooms in a death metal voice. Have you been listening to a lot of infected mushroom recently? Because that, that's an actual death metal band, which may be they're not death which metal. May be where... Wait, what? Infected mushroom is not death metal. I'm, this is not <laughs> okay. Okay, uh, uh, just, let's, let's not like that's so, some crazy. Okay. That's a crazy label that's not true, and okay, I just have okay. to call that out. It's, okay. It's a... That's the most enthusiastic you've been all evening. <laughs> it's, well, it uh, I guess this is, I'm guessing this is an anime character. Uh, it's real. I'm going to say it's real, real too. Well, Ben is correct, and I'm sure everyone's keeping score. It is actually an anime, anime character from Idol Master Cinderella Girls, uh, Shoko Hoshi, who is mental and is also part of the other idol group, Answer, um, with a bunch of other weirdos. But she's fucking weird. I recommend checking her out. She's bizarre. Um, right. No. And Andy Quick, how many Idol Master episodes do you have to watch to get to her? Uh, do you want to know a fun fact? She, she has like two lines of the Idol Master Cinderella cards and, and the rest is all in the video game. Uh, Why well, are, yep. are you curious now? Do you want to check? No, I'm not curious. I just want I just want to continue to pursue the thesis that Idol Master is ridiculous and a waste of everyone's time. Oh, totally. That's why I love it. Um, <laughs> Fetties. Idol number two. Idol, idol number two. Fetties. Fetties is Japan's leading S&M idol group. Give a man a rope and he'll hang himself. Or give this group a rope and they'll make an intricate shibari bondage using one of the members. Is their music good? Who knows? Who cares when half of them are literally hanging up in the rafters? This one's real. Fake. Not real. Uh, anime. Duncan. Is Duncan not playing? Is that how it works? I'm saying fake. Well, I mean, They're all fake. it's currently one-to-one with Ben and John because it is actually real. Uh, they oh, have a yes. very weird thing. Uh, I'll say. <laughs> right. Is it really an idol band, though? Like, that doesn't sound like a real idol who, thing. Who it's just knows? Like That's a... how they pitch themselves. It's weird. Okay, um, fair enough. I'll allow it. <laughs> Carmen Joshi. So this is idol band number four. Carmen Joshi is an idol group who all wear hockey masks. Oh, that's a clever reflection of the idol industry, you say to yourself. How they hide their faces to say that the industry is more than cute girls, that it's actually to do with music instead of being a wholly superficial industry based on looks and nothing else. That is, until they actually take their masks off, and then you realise that they're actually just an idol unit who want a shit gimmick to get some attention in the press. Real. That real. 100% real. <laughs> do they have chainsaws as well? Uh, I think some of them do. The leading member has a red mask, that's how you know she's the lead. Uh, 
<laughs> I'm going to say that due to Andy's hatred of things that are meta, this is fake. Yeah, I'm going with the Jeff here. I mean, it's a tie again. Another neck to neck with Ben and John because it is actually a real boop. No, that's that's so real. You could you could hear it in Andy's voice. He also corrected uh, Duncan when he asked the question immediately. He didn't have to think about it. There was no improvisation there. Uh, Kiss my foot too is the world's leading feet-based idol group. Who loves a good foot? You do, you kinky bastard. Who loves eight feet attached to four women in an idol group? Do I need to say more? Instead of handshaking events, they do feet shaking events. And their biggest song is a parody of These Boots Are Made For Walking called These Boots Are Made For Stepping Over My Fans. Wow. Like, I want to say real because I've yeah, just been I'm, saying real. I'm worried it's real, but I think it's fake. I, I think it's also fake. Not an anime. Uh... No, just fake. No, anime doesn't do foot fetish. You're just sister fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's if there if there if are eight sisters well, then, who all like talk about how much they love their brother, then yes, I would believe that that's a that's well. A... At least this episode has a time to sister fucking of like two hours, unless all of our like... pre roll gets put out. There. <laughs> we have to stop ourselves. Well, let's say this is an anime because I don't want it to be real. I'm going to go with Duncan for the same reason. Uh, I mean, again, you guys suck. Whilst Ben and John are clearly in my mind because <laughs> it's made up of shit. Basically, they. they, they, they yeah. um, but what it's worth, I don't want this power, and you don't want this power. Yeah, I, don't I don't. don't, don't you I never have it for back. <laughs> well, let's let's. I think me and jo- me and Jeff have obviously failed, old marvelously. So I think we now need a tiebreaker between John but what and Ben. For what it's worth. Kiss My Foot 2 is actually an idol unit. They're a Johnny's group um, that called themselves Kiss My Foot 2, which is because it's the first letter of every name of the group. But it's bullshit it's, because they don't actually kiss anyone's feet, no, and that's complete... Mm-hmm. It's absolute it's false bullshit. Advertising. I hate it. <laughs> Johnny's is an idol management group, by the way, for people who don't know the idol industry. <laughs> They're like the big one, right? Uh, yes, Johnny's are the big male one. Uh, and then you've got like AKB forty eight. I like how they're called Johnny's. Uh, there is actually, yeah, it's really, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a, it's point. just a series of sounds to them. Yeah, it's not like... the other one is like Hey Say Jump. That's a really big group, the Johnny's group, uh, which I'm sure everybody knows. Um, so I mean, there's only there's only three more. So let's let's rattle on. Uh, Virtual Currency Girls. Virtual Currency Girls is the worst first world's first like... and last cryptocurrency idol group. Each of the oh, Jesus Christ, each, this is so fake. Each of the eight girls in real. the band represent a different cryptocurrency, such as the Bitcoin, Ethereum, or Ripple. Merchandise is bought only using cryptocurrency, and one day they wish they'll be they'll be paid in their respective currency. That is until they realize they've been paid in theoretical nonsense and regret their life choices. I was gonna say anime until you said cryptocurrency, <laughs> and now I'm saying <laughs> fake. Come on, how would you how would you say that in Japanese? Just spelled out phonetically, kuriputo. Something, something, Joshi. No, they probably they probably do that abbreviation thing though, and say like kurika or something. Oh yeah, that would definitely be like a shortened version. Oh, that's good. Okay, I wish this was real, but it's fake. Yeah, it's so fake. Everyone's saying fake. Yeah, well, you're all wrong because it's a real fucking group. I don't like this. Right. 
Moving on. Okay, one one more, and if we can't if we can't get through this, and we just have to declare me and John co kings of idols. Right. <laughs> Horny Century is your lower body idols who love nothing more than oh, a God good dickin, apart from Yukatran. What transpires next is the Goldilocks of porn. The first cock is too big. The second cock is too small. The third, however, is just right. Whereby she learns to stop worrying and love mass orgies and stays in the band. No. <laughs> we should have stopped an effort. We should have stopped what? one ago. No, no, no real. This one's real. Fuck it. I'm just going Why? Andy, Andy, Why? Andy, I've, Andy, I have one question. Does anime include hentai? <laughs> Yeah, sure. Let's Does go. The anime... Let's go with yes. Oh no! But then, okay. okay but then, real could also include uh, Jav. No. Okay, this is fake. I want this to be fake, and I'm just no, gonna. No, gonna I'm visualize. saying this is real. No, this is real. This can't be real. All right, guys. Chuck and Jeff. Sadly, it's real. <laughs> Unfortunately, it is an anime. Um, uh, damn it! <laughs> right. Last. So not only is that real, but. John's the winner, and this is no, why. No, it's an anime. Right, last one. Still... Last one. Tiebreaker one. Uh, Han- Hanayo, don't worry, someone's going to win this. Hanayo Koizumi. Give a man a fish and you feed him for a day. Give Hanayo a rice ball and she'll destroy it and tell you how much she loves idols. A part of Muse, as well as a group Printet, her charm point is her soft cheeks. Soft with rice, that is, like an adorable hamster. Mm. I don't. I didn't understand any of that. Yeah, I guess she likes she likes rice balls. Hanayo, and eats them. Oh, oh, sorry, I'll slow down. Hanayo Koizumi, give a man a fish and you feed, and you feed him for a day. Give Hanayo a rice ball and she'll destroy it and tell you how much she loves idols. As a part of Muse, as well as the subgroup Printets, her charm point is her soft cheeks, soft with rice that is like an adorable hamster. I think I'm this going is real. with. I think this I'm is real. going with anime. This one's. I'm anime. going with anime as well. Real, real, hundred percent real. I mean, we got yourselves a winner, John. Here, it is actually oh. an anime. And yeah. oh, toe. Ben, you should you should know this because it is in Love Live, uh, and you. I have. Yeah, I've never, I definitely know Love Live. <laughs> I've never interacted <laughs> with Love Live in my life, and that it, I'm you played the game though. Hundred percent played the game. Confirm. I've confirmed. Yeah, I did. And I didn't know what was going on. I picked the one cute girl, and then they like made me do a bunch of dumb shit. I'm not playing that game again. <laughs> okay. Too bad we play it every week. So, <laughs> let's go ahead so, and wrap this as, up. Then. As John is the winner, he has to do the next feature. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll get right on that one. No. So I hope. So if you enjoyed this episode, rate and review, subscribe to us on iTunes. Find us on Twitter, Keyframes Pod. Find us on Facebook, search for Keyframes Podcast. Send us questions or uh, hate mail. In the case of this most recent <laughs> travesty. Uh, keyframespodcast at gmail.com and most of all tell a friend um, I mean I, don't, I usually have a clever thing of like not this episode but like for real like you know, <laughs> not this we're, episode. we're not we're not doing Please. well with sister fucking and doing like weird foot fetish idols and yeah you know what? I wouldn't say don't just tell them to don't, turn off don't tell don't tell this friend Ben I think the friend that you should tell is the friend who's uh, secretly trying to form an idol group in their school uh, and is really not doing very well. And what happens then is that you accidentally become part of the idol group. Um, that's what I think you should do. That's the sort of friend that I think you should aim at. Um, I don't, I don't, get, like I don't get. I don't get this running joke. It's really. <laughs> it be a shame if something happened to this in the editing process. Hint. hint. Say a goodbye, everybody. Shame. Bye. Goodbye. Fuck everything. Good. <laughs>
Okay, no well, <laughs> no, it was good. It was good, but it's also bad. Like that needs a that needs a serious cleanup. But I think there is good material in there. Uh, okay, I'm stopping. I have to go pee like a racehorse, like an Uma Musume.